Hey everyone, it's James and welcome to the Notorious Banker Podcast. 3,150 amazing followers at Bank Better Guy on Twitter, 5,740 amazing followers at Notorious Banker on TikTok, and dozens more at patreon.com slash Notorious Banker, where for as little as a $1 subscription, you can help me, the Notorious Banker, fight back against big banks. Once again, everyone, thank you so very much. I really do love and appreciate all every single one of you for the support. It means the world to me. And I'm doing this a bit under the weather today. You know, ever since COVID started, I've been lucky. I haven't got sick, you know, with COVID or with the flu or a cold or allergies even. And yesterday I woke up and I just had a really bad sore throat. A little bit of the sniffles, coughing, of course. And of course, my wife is, you know, wondering, is it COVID? And I'm wondering, is it COVID too? I'm not quite sure yet. Although the only thing that I do outside of this house is go to the gym and donate plasma. So stay tuned on that one. But I wanted to do this podcast because of the news that I saw yesterday um, from a KPBS article that was also on theroot.com uh, this morning about a banking while black incident. And as you know, the Notorious Banker podcast has talked about racism and banking um, through the perspective of me, a Hispanic American man who was a manager at Bank of America, and I've been doing so for almost three years now. I think the interesting thing about this one is... I'm looking at it from a managerial perspective. I'm wondering, you know, what could have the manager done differently to make this a different experience for the person um, in question here? And and my thing is, um, you know, sometimes you can't do certain things for certain customers, but it's how you talk to the customer. It's how you approach the customer with the news um, that's going to lead to the next step of, you know, customer complaints or is going to lead to something like what happened in this incident. Now, I'm going to be on record before I continue with the story saying I believe the customer 1,000% on this. I really do believe that there was a racial tinge to this incident, and I'll get to why um, when I tell the story. But I want you to understand that the reason why I do the Notorious Banker podcast, the reason why I'm on um, Twitter at BankBetterGuy, is because there's a lot of things wrong with retail banking now, especially with the big banks. I was there for 13 years. I was a part of it. I loved that job. I loved everything about working in banking, from helping people achieve the dream to their, you know, for their first home, to starting out their first savings accounts whenever they're in high school, and everything in between. I love all that. And I got to tell you, something as simple as cashing a check, whether it's for $12 or $12,000, is made difficult whenever you're a non-client, especially at a place like Bank of America. And whenever you don't have strong managers, and when I mean strong, I don't mean asshole managers. When I mean strong, I mean someone who knows the rules, someone who knows the policies, someone who gives recommendations, someone who has seen that check before, seen this incident before, this type of issue before, and says, hey, you know, three years ago we had something similar to this. How did we, you know, act upon it? And could we have done something better um, three years ago compared to today? You figure that stuff out as a manager and you learn from your mistakes. I am the first one to tell you in 13 years of working at Bank of America, I made a shit ton of mistakes, but I also learned from those shit ton of mistakes and I worked there 13 years. You don't get to work at a place 13 years by being bad at your job. No, you're good at your job. So I don't know the, the story behind the managers of this particular story here, but we'll get to the full story um, after the commercial break. But I do want to say that the reason why I'm doing this podcast is because people need to understand the story of Mr. Pittman here and what's going on with his incident at Bank of America. And yes, it happened over a year ago, but you know, we've been cooped up for one year because of the pandemic. So a lot of these stories are finally bubbling up to the surface. And because of Bank of America's weird, quote, temporary closures all across the country, and a lot of the news was focused more on, you know, PPP loans and other types of things with banks. Stories like this um, weren't necessarily prevalent in the last year and a half, but I'm really glad that it came to fruition here. So after this brief promotional consideration, I'm going to tell the story from two different articles, one from theroot.com and one from kpbs.org. And the headline of the first one is, San Diego man says he experienced, quote, banking while black in local Bank of America branch. I'm going to get to his story. I'm going to get to the policy and procedure of what went wrong on Bank of America side. And I'm going to get to the the racial element part of it. I mean, because it's there and we got to we got to confront it head on. This is something that needs to change. And this is something as you know, yours truly, the notorious banker, 
with my Twitter project, with TikTok, with my YouTube channel, with everything that I'm doing, I plan on taking all these things head on. So after this brief promotion consideration, I'm going to tell you the story about John Pittman's experience at Bank of America in San Diego through the eyes of two media reports, and I'm going to give you my perspective on it, so please stick around. Potential sponsors, my name is James Baca, also known as the Notorious Banker. I am the host, creator, and proprietor of the Notorious Banker Project. I am also a consumer advocate who helps customers solve complex financial issues. I would love to have you as a sponsor of my content. The Notorious Banker has a critically acclaimed podcast of the same name, listened to by 10,000 people an episode, and we also have a very active Twitter community with thousands of posts monthly, creating millions of impressions and engagement per month. Also, a burgeoning young adult fan base on TikTok, at Notorious Banker, with 5,700 loyal followers and growing. I am looking for a dedicated sponsor who will help my project grow and will also let me be a loyal advocate for your company or product. 13 years in a financial institution has given me sales skills, which will help me promote your company as I continue my journey into bettering financial lives. Ad packages are as affordable as $10 cost per mil, which includes cross-promotion on my social media channels, podcasts, and any direct promotion desired by you. Please contact me at james at thenotoriousbanker.com or go to thenotoriousbanker.com slash sponsorship for more details. Let's enlighten the amazing follower base of The Notorious Banker with your product, my podcast, and our goal to better our followers' financial lives. Thank you so much. All right, I'm back with more Notorious Banker. So, you know, as I mentioned, racism in banking is something that's there. It, there's no doubt about it. I deal with it every single day on Twitter at BankBetterGuy. Um, you know, you can find my video of me discussing how housing in Chicago is 84 cents out of every dollar goes to white neighborhoods and 3 cents out of every dollar goes to black neighborhoods. You know, I'm not African American, I'm a Hispanic person, I don't live in Chicago, but even yours truly, a former banker in New Mexico, can see this big disparity in what's going on. And I can see it in the tweets of people saying, hey, Bank of America's ignoring my calls. Bank of America's not responding to my emails. I'm supposed to close on this home in a week and I haven't heard one thing from my mortgage officer what's going on. And then a day later, my mortgage officer called and said that it's impossible for us to close on the day that they promised. You run into that stuff all the time. I have made my living on it. I have The Notorious Banker Project exists because of shit like that. And it's unfortunate, and I've said many times on the record that I would love to be out of business. I would love to not have this project, The Notorious Banker, because that means that you know the banks are doing good to the average customer, but they're not, and they haven't been. I was too stupid to realize it in the 13 years I worked at Bank of America, but you know, three years out, I'm seeing constant barrage of stories of things that I saw in person now happening to other people across the country and I just I don't want to take it anymore. And I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to put myself out there and say, you know what? I want to be the face of um, change. I want to be the person who talks about these things. That way other people have the courage to share their stories. That way these banks can be called out on their BS, pure and simple. So, you know, yesterday was one of those, you know, kind of lazy days for me where there wasn't a lot going on in the banking world. It seems in the last couple of months there really hasn't been a lot going on. And then I see a story um, that was retweeted by someone, and it was from kpbs.org, which is out of San Diego. And it's a story by Amita Sharma, and it says, San Diego man says he experienced, quote, banking while black in local Bank of America branch. And without even reading the story, I knew what the story was about, because, you know, we talk about this all the time. And it seems like any time there's a new story about something like this, we kind of know where it's going, or I, at least I kind of know where it's going. Um, need I remind you about the, the famous YouTube video where a business owner confronts a Bank of America manager for refusing to cash his black employee's paycheck whenever they um, lovingly so easily cashed all of his other employees' checks without a problem, but the black person's check was not to be cashed, and they got called out on it. And funny enough, that manager is still working for the company last I checked which is totally ridiculous, but you know, we retweeted that story, I did a whole podcast about that story. It was ridiculous, and that was in California as well. Very popular YouTube video, tens of millions of hits in the last year alone, and I'm glad it's still there. I'm, I'm glad that people still share that one too. Um, this story is likely to get some very similar traction just because of the nature of the story. And I'm gonna read bits and pieces of it, and I'm gonna give you my perspective, so it might be 20 minutes, it might be 40 minutes, but 
Everything that I say and give you is my opinion, of course. Opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect all former Bank of America employees or Wells Fargo employees or any big bank's employees. But th these are my opinions, and they are from 13 years of experience, both as a teller, part-time and full-time, a teller supervisor, a vault teller, a sales and service specialist, a personal banker, relationship manager, and sales manager. I was a manager at Bank of America, so I am proud to say that because I worked my way up the chain and I was proud to work there until I was not proud to work there. So here's Amita's story. It says, John Pittman III gave up trying to cash a $12,000 insurance settlement check at the Bank of America in Pacific Beach early last year after a branch manager accused him of trying to steal the money and told him that she had called the police. And Pittman says, I'm thinking this would not have happened if I wasn't a black person who lives in downtown San Diego and is an attorney. And um, there's a picture from Mr. Pittman's website. I mean, dressed, you know, amazingly. I wish I could dress like that with that amazing suit. And, you know, whether or not he went into the bank in his suit is irrelevant. You know, the fact of the matter is this. You treat everyone the same when you go into a bank. And that's what I was trained and taught that, you know what, if it's a homeless person or someone that has a million dollars, you treat them with the same amount of respect, especially if they're your client or especially they can potentially be your client. So it says, you know, black customers have long complained of being confronted with skepticism, hurdles and calls to police while seeking basic transactions from banks. Pittman and other black people say the experiences have left them shaken and worried that if they advocate them for themselves, their own safety is at risk. And that's true. I mean, um, I believe Emily Flitter of the New York Times is doing a book about um, banking while black or something very similar. I'm writing a book about something very similar too, and I have this podcast. So we talk about these things all the time. You know, working at a Bank of America um, 30 miles away from the Mexican border. And San Diego, of course, is close to the Mexican border too. So I'm sure, you know, we have shared experiences. People who work at B of A and those, quote, border towns. Um, they should know better and they should understand that, hey, you know, you're going to run into some very unique situations working at a Bank of America in this part of the world. What I mean is, you know, near the Mexican border and a place, you know, especially like a downtown, wherever there's attorneys, doctor's offices, doesn't matter the city that you're in. It's all very much similar ground whenever you have a branch right in the heart of a city like that. It says Pittman went to the branch on Garnet Avenue and attempted to cash the $12,000 check made out to him in January 2020 from the insurance company Geico following a car accident. The check was drawn from a Bank of America account, and Pittman was also, also showed the teller his paperwork from Geico and three forms of identification, driver's license, passport, and birth certificate. He said the teller left the window and summoned the assistant manager. The assistant manager reviewed the documents and said she couldn't cash it because his name on the check did not include the three or the third suffix after his name. The suffix does appear on various forms of identification and the Geico paperwork. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stop right there because I want I want to set one thing straight here, and then this is this is important to me because I was a teller for Bank of America, and I was a teller in 2008 whenever the shit hit the fan and bailouts and tart money and all that stuff happened. Tellers get pretty much a lot, if not most, of the abuse from customers about the the shortcomings of Bank of America. What the teller did with that first part of it, I am going to excuse one million percent because here's why. And, and we'll get to the manager's part of it in just a second here. The teller was not at fault because the teller, um, whether it was a part or full-time teller, is not going to be able to cash that $12,000 check without permission from a manager. Uh, whenever I first started at Bank of America in 2005, and yes, I know it was 16 years ago, my check cashing limit was $500. So if you had a $600 check, I had to call my manager. And of course, with time and experience and trustworthiness, you go up to a thousand, then twenty five hundred, then five thousand. But typically, the cap for a teller to cash a check autonomously without the help of a secondary person is about ten thousand dollars. And even then, you have to be a freaking ten year teller, or you have to be some sort of supervisor at that point, because you got to get special access to be able to cash that. And I'll get to why over ten thousand in a second here. But, um, you know, John in this situation was well prepared. He had his paperwork from Geico, three forms of ID. You only need two forms of ID most of the time at Bank of America. Uh, and the rest of the time, one form of ID, and that's for under $5,000 checks. Um, he was prepared because he knew that they would probably ask a bunch of questions. I mean, that's just being an attorney. That's just being a, an educated person and saying, hey, you know, 
I want to get this here just in case they ask. Not knowing that it would just start even more fires at that point in time. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, you said the teller left the window and summoned the assistant manager. So, like I said, the teller did their job at that point in the sense that it was 99.99999% their job to summon an assistant manager because they have to. That shit, The computer freezes on you unless you get an assistant manager to override that. And even then, that's when the manager, who becomes a manager usually from being a teller, asks the questions and follows policy and procedure. And policy and procedure is, I used to hate using the word policy with customers. I used to say it's the worst four-letter word that I say. But, I mean, if you know the rules and you know the procedures of cashing a check that big, then it shouldn't be a problem. You should be educated enough to say with confidence, this is what's going on and this is what I have to do in order to do this. So it says Pittman, who says he also worked in the finance industry for 19 years as a loan processor and financial advisor, suggested to fix. And then he said, quote, just call the insurance company, no big deal. Pittman said he told the assistant branch manager they'll verify the social security number and a birthday, which is on all my stuff anyway. And on the check, it actually said, quote, for vehicle repair. And she said, no, 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 we can't. Even if we call to verify, we have no way to know that we verified. That's about 10% correct on the assistant manager side. Yes, they do not have a means of verifying at that point, meaning that there's nothing on Bank of America system that says, hey, I talked to John Smith, you know, at Geico, and, you know, he said it was okay, and his, you know, badge number is 123456. They don't have that, and that's a problem at Bank of America, but I also think it's on purpose. I also think that they don't want to cash checks that big, and that's been my thought for a decade now, um, you know, even while I was at Bank of America, and even when I was a teller, that they just made it a point to just say, hey, you know, we're not going to cash checks over 5000 period, end of story. Um, and what Mr. Pittman said about, hey, just call the insurance company and they'll verify everything. I mean, if if Bank of America were to do just even half of what he suggested, dude, I'd be out of a job. The notorious banker would not exist. Because something so practical and so easy seems easy enough to do in order to get this stuff going. Bank of America policy, when there's that word again, does not allow a bank manager to call to verify, even with another bank. Even if I have a buddy at Wells Fargo that I trust with my life, and say, hey, I just want to make sure this check is good. It's check 1234 out of an account ending in 12345. You can't do that. You're not allowed to. And if you if you get caught, you know, saying, "Hey, I called Wells Fargo or I called Geico to verify this," you can be out of a job because Bank of America will spin it on that assistant manager saying, "Hey, um, you're sharing our you know sensitive information over the phone with someone you may not know." So it causes all this self doubt with someone who works in a branch to not even be able to do something like that because the bank quote doesn't let you, and it doesn't let you use your best judgment. So at that point, you know, like that assistant manager would go to their branch manager and say, hey, can I make a call to Geico to see if this check is okay? The manager's going to say no, because just on the off chance that it comes back as a loss, they can never say, well, we verified, we did this and that, because the bank doesn't allow them to do that. And by no means am I defending the, the assistant manager in this case. I'm just saying I know the way that she said it to him was basically coming from a point of she has been told a million times probably we can't verify these things or we tell our customers that we're not supposed to verify these things or we have no system of verifying them i mean it can be done if you try but it just you know they just don't want to do it <clears throat> and then it says frustrated he said he called geico and put an insurance company representative on his cell phone speaker to speak with the assistant manager but that only made her more suspicious he said she says quote well i don't know who you are you could just be one of his friends Pittman said I, I, I don't even know where to go from there. And that that level of that back and forth, like I'm the boss and I'm not going to let you do this, reminds me of being a lower level employee and a manager just being a manager just because the title says manager on there. That's a manager saying, hey, you know what? I have, I have this power and I'm going to use it here to not let you cash this check. So doubting even the Geico person is ridiculous. Even though, like I said, it's not allowed by Bank of America for that manager to do that. It says, Pittman says the Geico employee, who was still on speakerphone, urged the bank assistant manager to call the insurance company's 800 number and ask for her by name. She pledged to fax or email anything the bank needed to confirm Pittman was who he said he was, Pittman said. 
Now here's the thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get off on a brief tangent here about Geico. Okay, Geico is the bank's corporate partner. Geico has accounts at Bank of America. Geico's main accounts are at Bank of America. I'm gonna say this bluntly, in support of Mr. Pittman here. If you worked at Bank of America in a branch, in a retail branch, for more than I'll oh, say a month, you have seen a Geico check. And if that manager had worked there 10 years, she had probably seen a thousand Geico checks. You know what they look like, you know they're not fraudulent, you know how to verify the check on the system. In fact, a Geico, um, the Geico account number, I'm not gonna give you the account number out loud here, but the Geico account number is like, you know, the old joke wherever, you know, a hundred year old person says, my social security number is two. You know, like Geico's account number is five digits. I'm just gonna give you an example. It's 78785. That's not the real account number, but it's something simple like that. So if you see the check, you see where the, the check number is on there, it's embossed on there. You see how the check is written, you see what it's for, unless it's made out to let's say, you know, James Baca, care of, you know, Wells Fargo home loans for roof repair, wherever it requires a second signature or to be stamped or whatever. If it's made out to an in individual, that person can cash the check. Okay, that is the policy. That that's the whole point. It's there, and that person that's on the phone with Geico, basically, is probably dealt with other bank associates at other Bank of Americas, and hell, even non-Bank of Americas, you know, on a daily basis, where they're just verifying some things on the check just to feel a little bit more comfortable to go ahead and sign off on that check. This assistant manager has been trained by someone who is a total micromanager. Who says we're not going to cash anything we don't feel comfortable about that way we don't take a loss that way we don't take a loss on our bonus and that and those branches typically have very low customer satisfaction scores because they're not using their quote freedom to act at that point they're just being a pain in the ass no matter what so like i said you know whenever it says the um the bank manager says well you can be one of his friends i mean the geico representative was saying call the number ask for me by name we can send you anything you need to prove that this check is ours. Because you gotta keep one thing in mind here. Geico wants Mr. Pittman to cash that check. Because guess what? Geico has a freaking checkbook that it has to balance too. And if they look at their account and go, hey, we have $2 million more in our account than we should, then that means people aren't cashing their checks. And the reason why is because of Geico's corporate partner, Bank of America. Now, I've seen a fake Geico check in my time working at Bank of America, but it was one time. I've seen a thousand real ones, and I've seen one fake one. We didn't cash the fake one. We caught the fake one because there was identifying characteristics that made it fake. This person, that assistant manager, 100% knew that that check was real, and they were just using this fake doubt in order to get out of cashing the check. So it says the assistant manager refused the Geico representative's suggestions and then left saying she would speak to the bank's branch manager <laughs> um, when she came back and said she had called the police. So the assistant manager saying that they're going to call the branch manager, I mean, the assistant manager typically has an equal amount of, quote, freedom to act on check cashing than a branch manager. For $12,000, it's not $12 million. If it's a check under $200,000, any branch or assistant manager can negotiate that check without having to sign off on an additional boss. I've deposited a check for $5 million once and wasn't even cashing it, it was just depositing it. And it required like 10 people's signatures from all the way up the chain of Bank of America. I'm like, dude, it's a deposit. If it's bad, it'll come back, right? Anyway, that assistant manager saying, hey, I'm gonna speak to the branch manager. It's just basically a way of pretending that they escalated it and he still are not going to be able to cash his check. So whenever um, it says she came back, she had called the police. And then it says, we've notified the authorities, Pittman says, she told him. So you're trying to steal the money from the real John Pittman. <laughs> well, I mean, there is a real John Pittman out there and that's him right in front of your face. You know, his grandfather is John Pittman number one. His dad is John Pittman number two. Why, why are you breaking the balls of John Pittman III? The fact that you said that pretty much tells me that you were just looking for a way out of this and you had no way of dealing, dealing with it customer service wise. And this is where the racial element comes in. Because, you know, 
anytime you escalate that fasting, we're not going to be able to cash a check. Unless, unless John said something in a threatening manner, or, you know, maybe, you know, if he was recording video or something of, of the confrontation where they say, I'm going to ask you to leave because you're recording video in the bank, I'm going to call the police. If not, then there's no reason to call the police if he's acting in a non-threatening way. This is a manager going too far. And I guarantee you one thing, whenever this incident happened, they have to document these things. There's there's report, like, forms and stuff you have to document inside a bank branch saying, you know, I had a angry customer his name was john smith and john smith cussed me out and i said something back to him because i was offended by that like you have to write these things down just in case you get sued just in case it escalates to something big like this so who knows if that assistant manager did that and who knows if that assistant manager lied about the scenario saying well this person was confrontational this person did this this person did that the things that are going to tell the story about how this thing went down is twofold First of all, it's going to be the teller who has the check saying, hey, how did this customer go to you? And then it's going to be the manager saying, hey, how did the teller come to you with this check? And what did you say to the customer? And what did you say to the teller that we couldn't cash the check? And those things are documented. Those things have to be documented inside a Bank of America or inside any business. But I bet you that that assistant manager lied about it. Um, whenever you call the police, and, and they said that they didn't really call the police, because if she really called the police, then you have to call um, corporate security at that point in time. So if you call the police and say, hey, there's this person who is, you know, acting crazy and they're threatening me because I don't want to cash their check. You don't just get to call the police and go, hey, la-di-da, we called the police and they're here now. No, you got to call corporate security. I'm going to give that corporate security phone number out, 1-800-222-7511. As a bank associate, you're supposed to call that number. You're supposed to say, my name is James Vaca. I am at bank branch number 1234. I'm being threatened by a person who, because I didn't want to cash their check, they're threatening to beat me up, they're threatening to kill me or whatever. And then say, well, what's your name? James Vaca. What's your manager's name? John Smith. What's your regional manager's name? You know, do you need us to send, you know, police out there? Because for God's sakes, even during the bomb threat that I experienced a few years ago, I couldn't call the police directly. I had to call our corporate security and say, hey, there's a bomb threat. Do you want us to call police? Um, yeah. Can you call the police, please? Give me a freaking break. And that manager knows that. So the manager should be fired first and foremost right there, then and there, the assistant manager. The branch manager may be too. Because if, if that branch manager talked to the assistant manager, then they are in cahoots together and they should both go. It says, Pittman said both he and the Geico representative were shocked by the statement. Then the assistant manager went further. She picked up another phone. She starts talking, saying, oh, someone's here trying to steal the money from someone. I mean, like, was she just picking up the phone and, like, pretending to talk on the phone like a five-year-old does, for God's sakes? This is ridiculous. This is, this is stupid. And, and to say that out loud, I've had customers who have literally tried to steal money in front of my face with fake checks and, and whatever. You don't say that because you're putting other people in danger theoretically, if so, and of course, Mr. Pittman's not going to hurt anyone at that point in time. But if she's saying, oh, someone's here trying to steal the money, then you're making a scene out of it. And this goes this goes to my point from years ago, even with yours truly. Managerial training at Bank of America is shit. It's bullshit. They, you know, they tell you how to do sales. They tell you how to talk to people online. You know, what do you need to do? Oh, I need to make a deposit. Oh, did you know you could use our ATM for that? Did you know you have a mobile a mobile app? You can make a deposit with that. No, I don't like to use the app. Well, come on in. We'll get you set up with the app. It's a sales job. They teach you how to do sales. They teach you how to do general customer service. Um, there's a training every year that we were supposed to do, and I'm sure they still do it. You know, de-escalating situations, and they give you role plays. They give you role plays about customers who are giving you a hard time. What do you do? When what's trigger language is a word that they a phrase that they like to use a lot and you're supposed to go through this training every year to make sure that you're adept at dealing with customers whenever they have um, a situation like this and you know my thing is this person was not trained to handle that this this person you know this manager got a lot of information from a, a an educated customer a customer who went in with a lot of documentation because he likely knew that he's going to have to show his work like it's fifth grade long division in order to be able to cash his check. 
And he knew that, hey, there might be a situation going on here, but he didn't think it was going to escalate to this, and nor should it. So um, it says Pittman says he was convinced he was being singled out because he was black. It says, quote, I, can, I just cannot see them calling the police on every person that they get a check from that doesn't have a junior or a third or whatever, he said. That just doesn't make sense. Um, I have seen Bank of America turn away people for no junior. Or, like, it says junior on someone's ID, and it says the second on a check. I've seen, and, and this is coming from James, the notorious banker. I've seen a bank manager, not in my bank, thank God, because they can't be that freaking stupid. I've seen a bank manager get in trouble because they refused to cast a check for someone that says Jim whenever the ID said James. Now, mind you, I don't like being called Jim. I don't like being called Jimmy. My name is James. I don't like I don't like to be shortened by that. But if I see someone, he goes, hey, I'm Jimmy, and his ID says James, I'm not going to bust his balls about it. Because I knew at some point in time, he goes by that nickname, and his ID has his government name, his real name on there. You know, you can't be that stupid and become an assistant manager at the bank, period, end of story. So, you know, whenever you have documentation that supports all that, the fact of the matter is, People do commit fraud, and, I, and I'll get to that in a second here. People do commit fraud with checks all the time at Bank of America. And they do have policies and procedures to prevent that. One of the policies and procedures is that teller going to the assistant manager. But usually the assistant manager isn't this goddamn stupid. So the assistant manager being this goddamn stupid was just a, a horrible situation for all parties involved. Because you know she made a mountain into a, from a molehill. At that point in time, this is a check that could have been easily cashed because, like I said, this person more than likely has seen a Geico check a thousand times. And and it's true. It's the truth. And it says, despite this realization, Pittman took the advice of the Geico re representative and left the bank rather than allow the situation to escalate. And, I mean, I, I agree. I would, too. Pittman said he talked to the bank's branch manager months later and was told the assistant manager never actually called the police. She was just pretending to. Now, I hope that Mr. Pittman filed a complaint on the bank's branch manager, too, because the bank's branch manager saying that, saying, oh, yeah, she was just pretending, to me, that's a fireable offense, too. And, yeah, I'm, I'm not one to cut off people's heads off of every egregious screw-up. I mean, hell, I got fired for a $4 and 95 cent loss and it wasn't even a loss i don't want to get into that but four dollars and 95 cents but when someone is basically saying oh no our system manager was trying to scare you i mean what the fuck is that what kind of a, what kind of branch manager is that that is a loser of a branch manager to be quite honest with you and i cannot believe that that person is has the capability of running you know um a public restroom much less a bank a KPBS reporter visited the Bank of America on Pacific Beach and unsu unsuccessfully attempted to interview the branch and assistant manager. The reporter also contacted the Geico representative who said she was not authorized to comment on the incident. And um, I'll be fair to Bank of America in this case. Bank of America does not allow branch employees to talk to the media ever. You cannot even say the words no comment without getting fired. Um, it's stupid. It's a stupid part because whenever we had that bomb threat a few years ago, you know, I had a reporter ask me, Hey, what was the bomb threat about? Whatever, And I was literally required to cover my badge and look down and not look them in the eye, for God's sakes. It says, A Bank of America corporate spokesperson confirmed that Pittman had attempted to cash a check, but said the police were never called. He went on to say the branch and assistant manager followed proper procedure. And it's Bill Halladin, again, the spokesperson um, for Bank of America on here, who I just ripped a new asshole on the previous podcast on here. Um... No, that's not proper procedure. Fake calling the cops on someone is not proper procedure. You you escalate if that person's not... If you're the manager and the person says, I'm not happy, I want this check cash, I want your boss's name. You're supposed to give them the boss's card. Every branch manager has a business card of their direct boss. If a, if a customer asks for it, you're supposed to give it you know, to them to the detriment of you. But you're supposed to give him the card saying, here's my boss's name, go ahead and give him or her a call. That's period end of story what you're supposed to do. And I, that obviously didn't happen there. And, you know, I, I know Mr. Pittman probably doesn't know the hierarchy of Bank of America. But a branch manager means shit at Bank of America. Being a branch manager, 
there are still like 11 other people that are higher than you on the totem pole. Being a branch manager to me is being a teller. I have said that before. And then the Bill Halladin, our amazing Bank of America spokesperson, who is just a horrible person to begin with, given the name on the check didn't match the name on the identification, and the individual wasn't a Bank of America client, our team followed the bank's policy and declined to cash the check during the individual's visit in January 2020. This is standard industry practice, and it is based on best practices to protect against potential fraud. So, okay, so here's the thing with that. And, and and now I'm going to break down what the the bank should have done differently and, and what was incorrect and what should get them fired, to be honest with you. The name on the check didn't match. We already went over that. It's bullshit, okay? It, some, my, my driver's license does not have my middle initial A on there. And I've told the motor vehicle division to do that. They've asked for birth certificates. I've obviously had this screw up for over 20 years on my driver's license, but it still hasn't been fixed. So there's been instances when someone's asking for James A, and I have an ID that just says James on there. So, okay, so if you want to be nitpicky as a manager um, with that one, it's stupid, but I'll even grant the bank that one. Saying, hey, it doesn't say, why doesn't it say that they're on there? That, that, that tells me that you're paying attention as a banker. Which is, it's a C minus, but you pass, okay? I'm glad for that. Here's the real reasons Bank of America did not want to cash this check. And, and, and like I said, there are a lot of parts of racism on this one. But the, the reason why Bank of America did not want to cash this check is, is not because of racism on this part. Let me tell you exactly what it was. When you have an assistant manager or you have a branch manager who is needed to cash a check that big, there's a lot of other factors besides, hey, does this person have ID and do they have proof that this check is theirs, blah, 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 blah. An assistant manager is basically the manager of the tellers. They handle most of the teller stuff. And in fact, most assistant managers are tellers themselves whenever they're shorthanded or whatever. So most assistant managers, or at least some assistant managers, are also vault tellers, okay? So the assistant manager is well aware, and I don't know what day this was. Let's just pretend it was a Wednesday, a middle of the weekday, where there's not a lot of money in branch because there's not a lot of customers. And the average Bank of America has, I don't know, I mean, when I was vault teller, I think 200000 was probably where we were at on a good day in terms of money on hand in our cash vault because they have limits to what you can have. You just can't order a million dollars and, you know, prepare for busy days or whatever, they tell you how much money you can bring in. So if you're in one of those days where you need to ship money out and you don't have nearly enough, let's say you have $140,000, you have two tellers and they have less than $10,000 each in their drawers and you can't buy money from the vault because the vault's already been quote end of day, meaning that the vault's already closed down for the day and you can't take money from the vault to give to a customer, much less a non-customer at that point, the way that stupid B of A representative said, um, you refuse to cash checks because you don't have enough money in the bank. I know that sounds funny to a lot of people, but a, a check cashing of $12,000 can literally be a 10 to 25% hit to their vault in terms of how much money they have for the rest of the business day. And one of the things you need to do as an assistant manager is kind of plan for those things. And you got to say, hey, you know what? Recommend if a customer comes in to cash a $10,000 check that you recommend they deposit it at the ATM or you can deposit it with us and let us know and we'll give them credit for it the next business day or whatever. You know, good managers will figure out a way to, to work with their clients and all that good stuff. The reason why for the most part, and then it became racial, the reason for the most part why that assistant manager didn't want to cash a check was because they didn't want to, quote, give out $12,000 to someone who is, quote, not their customer. But Mr. Pittman can easily be a future customer. So you're already alienating that person by saying, I'm not going to give you that money. And you just kind of piss that person off forever and ever and ever now by saying, hey, I, I don't want to give you, you know, 15% of what's in my bank vault because you're never going to come here again. You're not going to open an account with us. And I'm sure they offered him an account at some point during the process as well. That's a procedural part that's stupid, and that's the main reason 
why Bank of America refused to cash the check here. The second part of it is the even dumber reason. I don't know if a lot of you have ever cashed a check for $10,000 or taken out more than $10,000 or deposited more than $10,000 cash into a bank before, but after um, $10,000, over $10,000, excuse me, you have to fill out what's called a currency transaction report, a CTR report, um, where you know they notify the government of any large cash deposits to prevent anti-money laundering, yada, 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 all that stupid stuff. And I'm fine with the rules with that, okay? That's fine. I can tell you one thing. Whenever I was a teller, I freaking hated CTR reports. They were the worst because they take so long. They were just, just a pain in the ass. And then whenever you deposit that... You know, that amount of money or cash that check. You say, hey, can I borrow your IDs again? Why? I got to fill out a report because I'm supposed to report to the government large amounts of cash. And you would have pissed off customers saying, what? That's ridiculous. You can't let the IRS know about this. This is, I'm not going to cash this check or whatever. And then if they don't comply, then you file a suspicious transmittal memo where you basically alert your corporate security and say, hey, this person was kind of weird whenever I asked them for their IDs, whenever they wanted to take out more than $10,000. So reason number two that Bank of America refused to cash Mr. Pittman's $12,000 check, they were lazy and they didn't want to do the stupid CTR reports. A CTR report sucks. As a teller, your screen locks. You cannot do anything until you fill out that CTR report. It requires a secondary person to look at it. It requires a teller to ask a bunch of questions like, what is your job, Mr. Pittman? What is your date of birth? Where, you know, what's your physical address? What's your mailing address? Bank of America's changed their policies a little bit since I left, but the policy is still there nonetheless where you have to fill out all these reports and it takes 10 to 15 minutes. And a lot of the times your teller computer gets stuck filling those out. Um, When I stopped being a teller 10 years ago, I used to hate it because my computer would freeze because those computers were old and more than likely there was probably only one teller in that branch whenever this situation happened, which meant that there was people online who um, would have had to wait a hell of a long time for this scenario. Now, that's no excuse at all, okay? That's 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 their problem at that point in time. It's bad luck. But the way that a manager at a bank sees it is we're going to be here filling out this report for a non-customer where we, if we fill out this report incorrectly, I'm never going to see this customer again, and I'm going to have an audit finding um, on my next audit, or I can just avoid to do the CTR, tell this person we can't cash the check at this time, that way I don't have to worry about it, and that way that my, quote, real customers that are in line get helped efficiently. That way they can leave us tens on our survey. That's how stupid Bank of America is about this kind of stuff. They're thinking about the customers in their line that are their real customers. I hate saying it that way, but that are their already existing customers, I guess. And they're afraid that those people are going to leave bad ratings, which impacts their bonus. That's the main reason right there, time. They're saying, well, if we're going to have two people, you know, on focused on one computer while we're filling out this report because this guy is taking out $12,000 in cash where $10,000 and one cent triggers this report and there's no way around it. If you don't do a CTR report, you're fired at the bank at that point in time. And I used to have a micromanager for a boss and this person hated CTRs. I have had a manager who had refused to cash checks because they didn't want to do a CTR. And trust me, when I say that, that is... um. Most managers at Bank of America, period, end of story. The third part of it is poor management. The fact is this person didn't know how to properly escalate this. Now, there were some, I'm going to say fibs that I told as a banker, as a teller, that where we weren't able to cash the check. One of the, one of the little white lies that we used to tell at our branch in order to avoid cashing GEICO checks, mainly because they were large amounts of money because they were insurance settlements, health or car insurance or whatever, and we didn't have that much money in the vault saying, you know, Mr. Customer, this check is considered a draft, and in order to authorize the funds on this check, GEICO um, recommends or requires us to deposit this check into a deposit account in order for the check to clear. That way they release the funds back to us. Now, it sounds stupid and it sounds complicated, but 99% of the time, that was effective for me. And it's basically saying we want to make sure that in case something goes wrong on Geico's end, that you're not held liable for that. And that's fine enough. And frankly, I'm glad that customers used to bring in those checks and not deposit them via mobile because shit like that 
did happen where checks got returned because of stupid things like, hey, it didn't save the third on there. Because Bank of America is stupid when it comes to that. But sometimes being a manager and having the confidence to say, we're unable to cash this check because Geico requires a deposit on these checks. I mean, it's not true. But, you know, most people will understand because it's a bitch to get an insurance settlement check. Trust me, with my wife, you know, getting in a couple of car accidents, the conversations that I've heard between insurance companies and individuals is just ridiculous. I've had conversations with bank customers about waiting years for settlements. So I know they're at the finish line. They want that money. And a lot of the times people get frustrated that they have to wait an extra day or two. But... If the bank was smart, they would just kind of make this a full policy and say, hey, especially because they want the branches to not give out tons of money because it costs money to ship money to the banks. That's not the problem for customers, of course. And that, I understand that people don't care about that. I don't care about that either because the bank makes billions upon billions of dollars. But if you just say, yeah, we don't deposit insurance. We only deposit insurance checks. We don't cash insurance checks. Let's put it that way. That's fine. And, and and to a larger extent, since Geico is a corporate partner of Bank of America, you know, Bank of America should go to Geico and say, hey, we need to come up with a scenario where we can just wire this money into people's accounts, whether they bank with us or not. That way, that way, you know, customers don't come in wanting to cash these large checks and we can't help them and they get pissed off at Geico and they get pissed off at Bank of America or their bank or whatever. Why don't you just wire the money into their account? But insurance companies love their paper for some reason. I don't know why. I'll never understand that until the day I die. So the standard industry practice that Bill Halladin says is not true. Trust me when I say that. There was some things that from reading the story that tellers have to do. That's just part of their job. But there's a lot of things that assistant managers did do not do. And calling the fake calling the cops... And pretending to call the cops on the phone saying, yeah, he's trying to steal money from John Pittman is not one of them. So that assistant manager did not follow standard procedural practice. And I really hope that this person is out of a job at this point. I don't know if they are or not. Who knows? But whenever Bill Halladin says that this is standard practice, I will tell you that is a flat out lie. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to process these things in the moment. I know, as, especially if you're the customer. And it says Pittman ultimately cashed a check at his Texas-based credit union, a process that took about two weeks. Um, I'm assuming that he went to, de- to cash the check and he had to get the money ordered. I didn't understand that part of it. Or if he mobile deposited it and there was a hold on it. And if he was trying to avoid the hold at his bank by going to cash it at B of A, as, as much as that sucks, I understand that too. I understand his point of view on that saying, hey... I need my money now for X, Y, and Z. It's not my business to ask him what he plans on doing with the money. He's been waiting for it. He should get it. So, like I said, I don't know if he cashed it or deposited it or whatever, but, I mean, it, it's it's his prerogative at that point in time. It says, in May, a Bank of America representative reiterated to Pittman that the bank followed policy by not cashing his check. I'm laughing because I'm going to get to it in a second. And added, we regret any inconvenience you may have encountered as a result of this matter and apologize for any service provided that did not meet your expectations. I, I laugh for one reason and one reason only. Only fucking Bank of America does this where they, you know, they, they know shit has hit the fan in some sort. They, they know that something is escalating beyond keeping it in-house, which I'm sure Mr. Pittman did. Um... And a Bank of America representative calls. I, I've seen managers do this before. I've never done it, thank God, because I'm not that fucking stupid. But I've seen bank managers call and say, Hey, Mr. Pittman, how you doing? Yeah, we just called to say that, you know, we regret that we inconvenienced you. Um, but we did follow policy and procedure, so basically go fuck yourself. I mean, that's literally what they told him in May. They basically reiterated to him and said, Hey, we regret any inconvenience as a matter. We apologize that... We weren't able to do this for you, but we followed our, our policy and procedure. Why call me unless you're going to give me a different um, a different course of action? You're not going to say, hey, we fired that person, or we're going to give you $500 for your troubles, or whatever. No, they call you to basically just restate what you already know, saying, yeah, you know, you were inconvenienced, and we really apologize about that, but, you know, we had to follow our policy and procedure to say we're not going to be able to cash a check. Why the fuck did you call me? Why did you call me at that point in time? 
Pittman says he had hoped Bank of America would apologize for refusing to cash the check and calling police. They apologized for their service provided that did not meet your expectations. Calling the police apparently is not part of one's expectations, right, Bank of America? Um, Bank of America never apologizes for anything, ever. I have never seen Bank of America employee or Bank of America manager. I've seen tellers. I've seen people in my role. I was a relationship manager, and I'm barely a manager at that point. I mean, I've sincerely apologized, saying, like, I'm so sorry that this happened, and I will do better if I did something wrong, and I will make sure that my people do a lot better going forward. Bank of America, though, they don't give a shit. They don't, they don't apologize for anything that they did wrong. Because that's just not them. It's like whenever the California unemployment thing happened in Bank of America, they didn't apologize saying, hey, we apologize, we had a lot of fraud. They just said, oh, there's so much fraud going on, and we regret the inconvenience. Whatever. More than a year and a half later, he says he still feels demoralized. Quote, it makes you feel two inches tall. It makes you feel targeted. I didn't stick around for the police to come. But I guess if I stayed there or the police would have shown up, the situation could have got ugly, you know. <clears throat> and it's true, you know. You never know what's going to happen in a situation like that. Because you never really understand the whole scenario. It's like, wh- how did we get here? How did the story go all the way from... Um, yeah, I'm going to get the cops called at me because all I wanted was the money that was rightfully mine because this piece of paper says it's rightfully mine. You don't know that and you can't comprehend that. So who knows if they would have legitimately called the cops how that would have ended up. And then what would the associate have said then? Oh, that person was calling me a bitch and this person was threatening me or whatever. And, you know, we've seen in news stories where people make up lies saying that, you know, this black person harmed me, this black person was threatening me, I'm afraid for my life, or whatever. And I don't know if the assistant manager is black, white, Hispanic, or whatever. It doesn't matter at that point in time. The fake call to the cops was reason enough for me to just do this podcast, for God's sakes. Um, but we've seen what what the world has become with this stuff. Now, I do this podcast mainly because I want people to understand that, yes, big banks do have procedures, And a lot of the times, I'm going to say 85% of the time, it's a weird number I know, but 85% of the time, a lot of the the things that a bank branch can't do is dictated by corporate. Meaning that the people who work in that office are just following orders, like in the military, and they're not allowed to use their judgment or freedom to act, period. That 15% typically comes from a 15% of people who work at a bank that have been there, done that, they worked there a long time, they know scenarios when they see and they, they find effective ways to troubleshoot these things that way they don't get their manager involved that way everyone is happy that way they can figure it out you know even if this manager would have just straight up said hey you know we're not able to cash this check um at this time you know tell them the truth and even even at that point in time it would have been much better than what this person did just say even be a horrible salesperson and say you know what we don't have the funds in the vault in order to properly run our day and the cash is checked for you. But tell you what, you know, if you'd like to open up an account and deposit this check, I'll gladly memo credit this check. That way you have access to it immediately using a temporary debit card or you could use online banking to transfer it to your bank. Even if you lose the account, even if that person had closed the account after a day, what you just did was find a practical way, and maybe it's not so practical, but a different way, an alternative way that it doesn't impact your day. But at the same time, at the same freaking time, it allows you to be the shitty banker that you are. I know I know that sounds funny, but basically this person was just trying to circumvent doing a CTR report, the assistant manager was. Circumvent the CTR report, didn't want to give out as much cash to a non-customer, and they didn't find solutions. And that's the bank's problem now, is they're not finding solutions. They're just trying to shoo people away from the bank. And to me, that's the most racist part of it all. Because whenever you're shooing people away from a bank saying, we can't do this for you. Um, no, cashing checks at a bank is what I was told when I was a fucking little kid. So why can't you do it now? Give me an, an exact reason why, aside from the fact that the bank doesn't allow you to have money in the vault. Or I have to do this report that's really tedious and really stupid. No, give me a real reason. Tell me you're not going to cash a check for me because... I took a loss on this before. And maybe that assistant manager has taken a loss on a check before. I've taken losses on checks before and it sucks. It's not fun. But that doesn't mean you stop cashing checks for everyone at that point in time. You learn from your mistakes and you move on. This person just didn't want to help John Pittman III. And it shows. 
the calling the cops thing is the the privilege part that people talk about. We're saying, I'm in a position of authority and I'm feeling threatened or harassed by this person. So I'm going to show them who's boss by calling them and saying, hey, this person is going into my place of business and harassing me and I want them out of here. Unless John was throwing F-bombs galore or something, he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve that treatment. And the fact that the Bank of America spokesperson reiterated the fact that they followed standard procedure, there is nothing in policy and procedure or in the training to de-escalate customers that says, hey, fake call the cops on them. Bank of America can give a billion dollars every year. They can give donations of hand sanitizer and PPE and say that they're combating racism that way, although it's total bullshit. Um, combating racism is basically saying, hey, you're welcome to come into our bank. Uh, you're, you're black and don't have a lot of money? Well, come on in. We, like, we love to help you grow your money by opening an account here. Oh, you're Hispanic, you don't speak English, you require a, a, a Spanish translator? No, ven acá. Lo siento, me hablo poquito español. Uno momento para translator. Get on the phone, get someone who speaks Spanish to talk to this customer. I did that a million times. My Spanish sucks. But whenever a Spanish-speaking customer said, Hey, I want to open an account. I didn't say, No, no, no speak Spanish. No, lo siento, me hablo poquito español, un momento, por favor. And they understand. You find a way to be inclusive at that point in time. Inclusivity is, is huge here. It didn't have to be this way for John Pittman's um, check-cashing adventure here. A strong manager with strong training would have figured out a way. Even, even I know I hate saying it, but even if it was telling a fib saying... Uh, we no longer cash insurance checks. Or saying, I would love to deposit this check for you and give you credit for it today. But due to limited cash on hand, I'm unable to cash this check. If you go into a place where you talk like you know what the hell you're talking about, you're going to get out of most scenarios 99% of the time. I'm not saying that Mr. Pittman would have not been combative about that because I'm sure he was frustrated about just the length of time it took to get that insurance settlement check. But at least whenever you come as a manager and you act managerial, you know, because like even presidents have to do presidential things that aren't exactly the most popular things in the world, but you still got to say it like you, you, you have beliefs in what you're doing and all that. Well, bank managers have to feel that way too. It took me a long time to get over shyness, to get over... Just being bashful and to be a leader for my banking center. And sometimes there's some things that you just can't do. And frankly, there's some things you just don't want to do, but you have to do them. They probably didn't want to give him a huge chunk of money. They probably didn't want to do the currency transaction report. Yeah, I, as a teller, that would have sucked too. It would have been hard for me to do all that stuff because people would have been pissed at me. The customers would have on the back end of that, especially if I was the only teller. But that doesn't mean you, you burn one customer to save the relationships of the others. No, you you tell people what's going on. You tell people it'll be a couple of minutes. You're working on getting something resolved. And at least people know what the score is at that point in time. But it went from customer gives check to teller. Teller says nothing, goes to an assistant manager. Assistant manager comes up with lie to avoid hard work. Calling the cops part is inexcusable. That person needs to lose their job. And shame on Bill Halden, the Bank of America representative, for trying to justify that as policy and procedure. I want to reach out to Mr. Pittman. If he wants to talk to me on this podcast, I would love to. Um, it's, it's important to me to have conversations about this because I really think that this is something we need to talk about some more. Um, because something like basic banking is going to be out of the, out of the reach not just of people of color, but classism too. People lower to lower middle class are being eliminated from branch banking at these big banks. And it's got to stop. And we need to have conversations about what what customers can do to fight back on that. But I'm going to wrap it up for now. I'm going to link to the KPBS article and the Root article that I mentioned as well. The Root article has very similar... Um, wording to the KPBS one, so um, check that out as well, though. 
But guys, be better. Bank of America, be better. Yes, this happened a year and a half ago, but guess what? The reason why it's lingering now is because you did something wrong and you know it. And Bank of America has the balls to say, yeah, we follow procedure. Yeah, right. My name is James, a Notorious Banker. You can follow me on Twitter at BankBetterGuy. You can find me on TikTok at NotoriousBanker, James at TheNotoriousBanker.com or TheNotoriousBanker at gmail.com. 575-322-4127 is our voicemail line. I will have another full podcast um, very soon, but I wanted to delve deep into this, and we talked an hour about this incident, and I'm glad I did. So until we meet again, my friends, my name is James, the Notorious Banker, signing off. My best to Mr. Pittman, and I am going to say it for Bank of America because they don't have the balls to say it. Mr. Pittman, I am so sorry that happened to you. It's ridiculous. The policies and procedures of Bank of America are significantly impacting the average customer. And as a former employee of Bank of America, I am deeply embarrassed by that. I'm ashamed that I worked for a company that practices that. So let me extend to you my sincerest apologies and hope that Bank of America learns a lesson from this scenario because they sure as shit need to. You guys have a great day.